This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey y'all, welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz. It's really good to have you here today. We're talking today about food waste and internet communities and what it means to be a sustainability content creator with Brennan Coker. I love Brennan's content, and she shared that she's been listening to the show for a long time. We've been internet friends of sorts for quite some time, and it's been a really cool experience to speak with her and have this opportunity to really dive deep on her expertise and her science communication and all of the really cool educational content that she creates. This conversation was a lot of fun for me. Again, the guest, Brennan, is someone that I'm friendly with, but also this was such a fun conversation because talking about food waste and talking about content creation are both funny and personal things for us. Brennan and I both engage in these topics in different ways, so her content primarily lives on TikTok, where she's amounted over 140,000 followers. And my content, of course, is primarily this podcast. We both really enjoyed connecting, of course, on topics within sustainability, particularly food waste, which is the topic that Brennan mostly focuses her content and her educational videos around. But we also talk a lot about community and the value of supporting one another in this space and the funny oxymoron that is being a sustainability influencer. Overall, really a comfortable conversation for me to host, for us to listen back to. I hope you really enjoy it. I feel like it's valuable, it's educational. There are some take-home tips for you when it comes to reducing your food waste every single day. But this also felt like a really, again, personal, warm, fun conversation, like you are hanging out with a friend, and I loved listening back to it. And I know that you'll really enjoy this episode, too. If you do, you can share it on your Instagram story. You can share it in the family group chat. You can tag me at Podcast. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I am wherever you want to find me. And my email is always in the show notes in case you ever want to get in touch. Make sure that you are subscribed to EcoChic wherever you're listening today. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, wherever you're listening right at this exact moment. Just go ahead and double check so you never miss an episode. You can rate. You can review. And again, send it to a friend. We are talking about community today, so I hope that your friends also become my friends. Let's just jump right in. Welcome to the show, Brennan Coker. I hope you enjoy it. Brennan, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been a listener for a pretty long time, I think a couple of years. 
Oh my goodness. Well, I'm honored and I'm so happy to have you here. I love your content online and I'm kind of surprised that we've never really chatted in depth before. I know it's so weird when you have a mutual, as they say, and you guys never actually really talk, but you feel like you know each other because that's how I feel about you too. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's also an interesting sentiment of like online communities. I wanted to talk to you about this because I'm sure that you have some thoughts I on the sustainability so community. I have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> but being, able to, you <laughs> being able to meet people online and feel like you're genuinely friends with them without necessarily ever having an in-depth conversation is really special. And community is so valuable in the sustainability conversation because it's so individual. It's this individual journey that you're like bettering yourself as a person, as an environmentalist, but there are also like hundreds of thousands of people out there trying to do the same thing that you're doing. That is such a good point. And the hundreds of thousands number is just insane to even conceptualize, but you're so right. Like there's so many of us that are interested in this stuff now. And the online community is, I think the best part of what I do, I am sure you would agree. Like, it's just amazing. It's just incredible to me that there are so many people who care about this, not only care about this, but are interested in having discourse about it. And it's created for me some of the best friendships that I have right now. So I feel really lucky. I love that. That's so nice to hear. Talk to me a little bit about how you got started in the sustainability space more seriously. Did you grow up an environmentalist? Did you wake up one day and you're like, today is the day that I care about the planet? How'd you kind of skyrocket (laughs) into this? I love that question. I have like kind of a weird origin story in terms of starting out In environmentalism, I think it's pretty standard stuff. I was born to, I would say, pretty intense environmentalist parents. Specifically, my dad has always been a big environmentalist, and I was, by chance, born on Earth Day. So when I say that it was meant to be, I guess it really was. But I always grew up being conscious of the environment. I grew up in St. Augustine, Florida, and my dad and the community around us were really into surfing and, you know, ocean conservation, things of that nature. So it definitely made it so that it was something that was always on my mind. Um, We were vegetarian in the 90s, you know, before that was really a thing in the South. (laughs) And it was always just a, a part of my life, but I never thought about it in terms of a career or that it would be something I would monetize, I guess. In terms of how I fell into putting it on social media, that's a little bit maybe a weirder (laughs) turn of events. It's not something I ever expected to happen. I have a sociology degree. I was a foreign exchange student in Hamburg, Germany, that area. So I lived there for a little bit over a year and then moved to Miami. And I got a degree in sociology from Florida International University. And I was just working a regular job um, in Miami when the pandemic happened. And I, all within like a week, just like so many of us, lost my job and wasn't really sure what was going to happen or what I was going to do. And at that point, I had been making content that was kind of leaning towards sustainability and a lot of food content on my Instagram account. But I didn't have a following or anything. I just did it because it was interesting to me and I liked it. And at that time, TikTok was starting to pivot towards trying to become more of an 
educational platform. They had a bunch of campaigns, particularly the one that I was a part of, which was the Learn on TikTok campaign. And at that time, at the beginning of the pandemic, I didn't really have a source of income and it was just a very stressful time, like for all of us, (laughs) not breaking ground here with that statement. And so I just decided to try it out. I had a friend who told me to apply to the TikTok educational campaign they were running, which was paid, and I got accepted. I had never thought about making content on TikTok. I'd never even downloaded the app at that point. I'd never been on it until I got accepted into that program. And it just kind of went from there. And I realized I really, really loved it. So I think that campaign was two months. And after that, I just decided I I didn't want to quit. And yeah, it was an unexpected journey, but here we are. It's my full-time job. <laughs> I feel like that's a great story, not a weird one. You set me up for a real twist and turns, but that was great. Maybe I didn't phrase it correctly. I, I, I don't think it's weird, but I, I think a lot of my friends that have known me for a long time would never have expected me to become a TikToker. <laughs> that totally includes me. That. It, it very much was not part of the plan, but it's been great. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about online community on TikTok specifically, and if it's different from any sort of other online community you're a part of, or even beyond sustainability, how are those communities a little different online? I have not really had any bad experiences with TikTok. That's just been the way it has gone down for me. I feel very lucky to be able to say that because I know a lot of people have negative feelings towards TikTok. Personally, I think just because the algorithm is so advanced, it's been able to push my content, which is particularly focused on food waste reduction and kind of imperfect sustainability, things of that nature. It's pushed my content to the right people. And a lot of the time, those people end up becoming friends and we end up doing similar videos and talking and it's created like real life friendships which is just so wild to me and that community has been really invaluable to me because I think working in social media can feel like a very isolating experience at least it has in my personal experience because you're working all day by yourself just like a lot of Americans are now working remotely but in addition to that there's no co-workers that you're on zoom with or anything like that it's just you And that can be a little bit isolating and sometimes kind of sad. So it's been really cool to meet people that are doing what I'm doing. And we have a weekly happy hour Zoom that we do. It's called Eco Content Creator Happy Hour on Thursday nights. I look forward to it every single week. It's been really great. And I I have to say, like, the community aspect of what we do is just, like, invaluable. I don't know where I'd be without it. First of all, that's extremely heartwarming. <laughs> Second of all, I have a question around community. Yes, and you can come. You can come this, to the happy well, hour. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do you feel like the sustainability community in particular is any more or less supportive of one another than perhaps another community that may find more competition? Why do you feel like there is this sense of collaboration? That's a great point. I haven't really thought about it that way, but I completely think that there is more of like a collaborative undercurrent in the sustainability community online, specifically because we're all in sustainability and environmentalism. So we understand that there's power in numbers just in general. I think 
we all know we're trying to get the message out as it relates to like saving the planet. And we can't really think that one of us is better than another if we all have the same goal. So it helps us to be really kind of on the same page. And I think from my experience, we all know that most of us have different niche interests and content that we make, but we all have the same ultimate goal. So it's been great in that regard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply quick break to tell you about our sponsor today, Dame. Here's the deal. Having a pleasure practice is good for you. It can improve the quality of your sleep, help you de-stress, relieve pain, and give you that lit from within glow as you go about your day. But most importantly, exploring pleasure on your own helps you get in touch with yourself and learn more about what you like. So check out Air, the suction vibrator from Dame Products. Air is a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. Or if you're looking to share pleasure, Dame Products has also designed Eva, the first hands-free vibrator for couples. Boost pleasure and connection with a little toy that won't get in the way. Designed to enhance, not distract from pleasure, Eva is your sex life's new best friend. And whether you go with Air or Eva, or both, Dame Products also has sex oil, an all-natural full-body massage oil formulated with arousing ingredients that you should definitely check out. The best part is that Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Go to dameproducts.com and use code ECOCHIC today for 15% off site-wide. That's ECOCHIC to take 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. I'll have the link and code in the show notes. Now back to our combo. It's good to reflect on this power in numbers concept, because that is so important in sustainability. And in this fear of personal versus collective action, it makes sense that that same sort of sentiment of community bleeds into the creator space. Right. And I think in the past couple of years, there's been a real push away from individual actions ruling everything in the world of sustainability. And that discourse has changed a lot. Whereas I think a lot of the early zero waste movement might have done some harm, encouraging people to think that you using a plastic fork is killing the planet single-handedly. I've seen like a huge shift towards more of a collaborative effort and more conversation about, hey, corporations might have had something to do with this. (laughs) So in general, we kind of are all moving towards an all hands on deck situation where everybody's just excited to have people around them that care. So it definitely builds stronger communities when you're less focused on yourself and more focused on the overall impact that we're having. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I want to switch gears a little bit because you mentioned niche interests. Everyone has these areas where they're particularly passionate and yours is food waste. So I want to talk about food waste because it is a very broad topic, but also one of the most important ones to really understand sustainable lifestyles day to day. Where do you feel like the biggest misconceptions lie 
in reducing food waste? I could talk about this for five hours, but my initial feeling when you ask that question, what first comes to mind is I think people are under the impression that reducing food waste means that you are more on the far left side, the hippie kind of mentality of it all, when the reality of reducing food waste is that it benefits every single person. I think there are people from all different backgrounds and different ideologies and different political beliefs that can benefit from the reduction of food waste. And that's why, to me, it feels like such a universal thing to be teaching online. Because even if you're someone who's not concerned about climate change, if I make a video about how much money you can save when you reduce food waste, that could resonate with you too. If I make a video about how many hungry people there are in the United States right now, and let's say you are a Christian who's concerned with inequality in America and less so concerned about climate change, that could still resonate with you. So it is a broad subject, but I think that's actually what helps us because everybody can get behind reducing food waste, in my opinion. I mean, I haven't met anybody yet who <laughs> who doesn't care. No, you're totally right that because it's such a broad problem, it's something that everyone can kind of find their own reasons to get behind. And I feel like then on the flip side of so many people having this ability to hope to produce their own food waste, it's very easy to limit yourself or kind of self-identify barriers that may or may not be there. When we say self-identify barriers, I'm thinking of people who say, oh, my city doesn't have a composting program or, oh, I just don't have the time to compost or to think more deeply about my meals or to meal plan or whatever else it may be. What are your easy tips for those people who just feel like they can't reduce their food waste for whatever reason? It's a great question. I hope that it comes across in my content that that's what I want to be doing because I do videos that are about very specific fermentation projects to avoid wasting two radishes. And that's kind of hardcore. And then I do videos where I'm like, hey, you can freeze this. Like, <laughs> So I want people to understand that anywhere you want to start is a valid place to start and just do what's within the realm of possibility for you. A really, really good way to think of it is buying less is a great place to start. I think we're so steeped in this really, really hyper consumerist mentality, especially here in the States, that we need more, more, more all the time. And I know you talk about this on your podcast as it relates to fashion and food and literally everything. When we go into the grocery store, it really helps to just think, do I actually need this? And I know that sounds so simple, but I find myself even having to, to think that because marketing is really good nowadays. <laughs> So simple things like asking, do I need this? What can I make with this ingredient? How fast is this going to spoil? Just asking yourself those questions when you actually buy your food, that is going to reduce so much waste down the line. And in addition to that, there are so many ways to reduce food waste that I think aren't as maybe sexy as all the ones we see these videos about online. I always say freezing is my number one tip for reducing food waste. And most people have a freezer. It's extremely easy to do. And it can really make a difference when it comes to whether or not you're going to throw those leftovers out or not. 
That's a good tip. And you're right. Freezing isn't sexy, but it's so easy. <laughs> and there's no reason not to do it. You have the space, you have the time, you already have the leftovers. Why not? Yeah, it's a really good way to do it. I, I freeze a lot of stuff. I keep a lot of stuff in the freezer and buying more shelf stable things. That's another one. I, I would definitely encourage buying ingredients that you know aren't going to go bad right away for me. And I think a lot of people, the first thing to start to go in the fridge is lettuce and greens. If you get a big container, say from Costco, and you always have it going bad, it's very simple to just be like, okay, I'm going to buy the small size. And that sounds so simple again, but I think when it comes to reducing food waste, getting back to basics and focusing on the simple things is actually so helpful. I'm glad earlier you compared food shopping to shopping for any other item, be it fashion, be it home goods, be it whatever you're looking for, that conscious consumption of saying, do I actually need this for whatever reason? feels foreign in a grocery store because you're shopping for food. But if you are really asking yourself, did I just throw out the last bag of lettuce I bought? Why are you going to buy another bag? Do you buy it just to make yourself feel good? Or are you actually going to make your work from home salad every day like you are telling yourself? So it's also <laughs> a matter of being honest with yourself. There's there's this like aspirational purchasing that happens in grocery stores where you want to be someone who cooks Brussels sprouts or whatever the food ingredient is going to be that week that you're just going to throw out and you've got to just be real with yourself. It's creating waste. It's silly. It's a waste of money. And at the end of the day, like you kind of feel bad when you throw it out and you didn't do it to begin with. I love that. This is maybe one of the first times I've ever said this out loud, but I've thought about it before. There's a huge link between people who are trying to reduce their consumption of fast fashion and reduce food waste. Oftentimes we're trying to do both for greenhouse gas emissions purposes and avoiding things going to landfill. And you can take a lot of those principles from slow fashion over into buying food, just being more mindful. Yeah, I like that. Beyond buying, I want to talk to you a little bit about food waste. When you've already done your grocery shopping, conscious or otherwise, you have a great eat more garbage series narrative going on on your socials and I want to talk a little bit about that let's talk about these like go-to home recipes that you're doing do you come up with all of them on your own are you borrowing these from people what started the series tell me everything yeah I I always love when people ask me if I'm the one that did the eating garbage series it's just like a big source of pride for me. I don't know why. Um, I just love that name and it's kind of gotten out of hand online, but <laughs> yeah, I have an eating garbage series, which is basically it, it happened organically. I just started documenting what I was already doing, which again, so many content creators, that's kind of like what we do. We're just documenting what we're already doing, or at least that's the way to make it sustainable. So that's what I started doing. I would go through my fridge. This is something I've been doing for years and see, okay, what's in here that I need to eat before I buy more things or before I let this go to waste and then kind of formulate either a recipe around it or a way of preserving whatever it is, it's going to go bad. And to answer your question, they're not all unique to me. I definitely get inspired by other people. And there's a lot of people making food waste content online now. So 
we kind of like try each other's tactics out and things like that. But there's a lot of really simple ways to avoid food waste. Sometimes the eating garbage series is me having a container of arugula that's wilting and I'll just throw it into a pasta and be like, hey, you can do this, which is not groundbreaking. But sometimes they're a little more involved, like me making dehydrated fruit so that it doesn't go bad. So I just want it to have levels of accessibility that are pretty much across the board because there's people who are just starting in this and there's people who are hardcore who've been canning tomatoes for years. What do you feel is the most wasted food, one that people could use for so much more than they're currently using it for? Probably greens. I know we've talked about them two or three times now, but (laughs) greens tend to wilt pretty quick in the fridge. And that has to do with storage. There's a lot of us making videos about how to store food. That's huge in terms of keeping it from going to waste. So we could start there, storing them more effectively. And then after they start to wilt, we could start with how do I use wilted greens? What can I do with them? Sometimes I just throw them in a bag in the freezer and just put them in my smoothies. There are so many different ways you can use greens. I add them to everything and all of us could be eating more greens. So, Yeah, that's a good response. Is there anything in your food waste journey that you're really excited to try next? As an expert in the space, I have to imagine that you have like a wish list of things you want to accomplish. It's an honor to be considered an expert in the space of eating garbage. It really is. Um, I have a million things I'd like to try. Sometimes people ask how I got started with this. And my grandparents, when I was a kid, I used to go spend the summers with them in Alabama, kind of rural area in Alabama. And they had a garden. So they're pretty self-sufficient in terms of vegetables and growing their own food. And my Nana used to can everything there was like just a stash of vegetables, either canned or frozen. Eventually, that's my dream. I want to have a piece of land where I'm growing a lot of food and storing it appropriately, you know, just in case something were to happen, but also because there's only so many resources that we have. And I think it's appropriate to be managing them so that we get everything that we can out of them without letting them go to waste. So that's where I'd like to end up. I want to get really into canning and pickling. And I mean, the ultimate sustainable food hack is growing your own food. So I'd love to do that when I'm not renting. (laughs) I love that. There's something really romantic about canning in my mind for some reason, like this prairie woman, like getting her tomatoes every year. There's something like really wholesome about it. It's very wholesome. I want to be canning tomatoes within five years. You heard it here first. Love it. (laughs) Closing out, because we've kind of dabbled in sustainability and more involved versus less involved projects when it comes to food waste, and then also the community online and being a content creator and working for yourself, how do you take care of yourself? How do you turn this off at the end of the day? That's a really hard question because I am still learning how to do that. And I think most of us are. When I started in the industry, I did not know what I was doing. And I think I really burned myself out. For example, I posted a video every single day for over a year. 
I didn't miss a single day. And I know that sounds kind of toxic, but I do really enjoy what I do. So it was kind of just for fun. But it got to the point where I did become a little bit burned out because once you start to monetize content, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes in terms of admin work. And it just really got to be too much. So I, a couple of months ago, took a step back and I'm now working with an agency who manages my paid deals and things of that nature. And I pay for that and it is worth every single penny. It has helped my mental health so much. That's one thing. In addition to that, I've been really trying to be more mindful of having working hours and treating social media just like any other nine to five job so that you have boundaries and you're not just mindlessly scrolling because we all know that that is really bad for your brain. I don't think there's anyone who's going to argue with that. So I think having working hours, having boundaries and asking for help when I needed it, even though as a kind of smaller content creator, it seemed like a big thing, a big step to take on an agent. It was definitely the right call for my mental health and for my business and everything. So that's been huge. But other than that, I'm still working on this and I, it's, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah, it is hard. And I feel like it's especially hard in the sustainability space because it's not like you ever turn off that part of your personality. Like maybe you're not working, but you're still cooking dinner for yourself at the end of the day and thinking about this food waste. You're still driving your car and thinking about gas prices and thinking about EV policy. You know, like there are so many things that creep into, maybe I'm projecting and like giving you my life story, but there's so many. spot on. And I'm sure you deal with this too. (laughs) Yeah. It's like intrusive thoughts, but climate change. And that's the problem in general with working for yourself, right? Because so much of who you are is steeped in what you do. And I mean, with your podcast, I know it's the same. This is actually what you're passionate about. And I mean, it's a blessing and a curse because that is the key to having a sustainable social media presence and creating things. You have to be passionate about this and you have to genuinely walk the walk and practice what you preach. And this has to be what you're about in order for you to want to continue to create content about it. So it's a good thing, but it can be really hard when those lines start to get blurred because I do think about food waste all the time and I think a lot I should be filming this and that's very weird that's the only way I can describe it that is that is a strange feeling I hope you enjoyed that episode with Brennan Coker all about food waste sustainability content creation tiktok community all of the things. It was a lot of fun for us to have this conversation and I invited Brennan back anytime because I just can't wait to talk with her more. Thanks so much for tuning in to Eco Chic. I hope you have a really great rest of your day. Talk soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.